Trading Nut, episode 183. But, you know, chasing those home runs very rarely happens. You know, I think that's the that's a huge problem with traders is that they're always trying to hit a home run. You don't you don't need to hit a home run. You can hit the occasional home run, but if you're trying to hit a home run every single day, you're going to end up risking way more and losing a lot more than you really want. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Kyle from Jade Capital FX on the show. Now, Kyle was introduced to me by a past guest, Rodrigo Torres of City Traders Imperium. He was mentoring him for a bit and he said, you've got to get this guy on because he's done some amazing stuff around funded trader programs. In fact, at the time of recording, he was at $3.2 million in funding uh, and he had a, he's got a crazy story where he made sixty grand in one month, or over sixty grand in one month, and had a bit of a nightmare with it. So you're going to hear that in a second. He's an ICT style trader, so if you're an ICT fan or learning ICT, then you want to check this episode out and the video we shot after the show. And I've just had an update from Rod that Kyle has now passed the five million dollar mark in funding. So. That's something completely rare and unique in itself. So you're going to get this here first on Trading Up. Uh, and also, if you are looking for a funded trader program, you're going to hear about my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, and how they've got their own 100% profit share funded trader program as well. So guys, go and check that out. You're here an ad in a second. Now, we've got the July Trading Up Funded Cup uh, starting next week. So if you haven't registered yet, there's a link below the video or in the podcast description or jump over there to tradingnut.com and you'll find it there. Still chance to get involved and you're actually competing to win a funded trading account of $100,000 with my sponsor, City Traders Imperium. The Algo Funder Mastermind bot is now complete. So I finished the sell side of it. So it's got the buy side and the sell side. It's fully automated, semi-automated. There's over 90 settings. Some of the very first early tests have actually come out very well. Uh, and you can still get a copy of it if you join Robot Builders Club before the end of July. It's still available in the Robot Lab. You get the source code. You get everything else that comes with it, the videos, the instructions, uh, how to use it. So it's an awesome little piece of kit that you can put on your chart, semi-automate, trade it, uh, se- trade it semi-automatically or fully automated. It's up to you. So yeah, there's a link over there underneath the video for that as well. And last but not least, uh, we've got a new thing happening here on Trading Now. It started this week. We've got the team at Aerial FX doing a pre-market analysis from a smart money concept point of view for the week ahead. So if you're looking to either try and get a bias or confirm your bias or build up a picture of where things might go across the week, then they're doing it over 18 markets. So there's 18 markets that they break down in a 30-minute segment as well, so really short and sweet. So that's over there on the Trading Nut YouTube channel. You'll find it there as one of the new playlists as well, guys. So enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Hear from Kyle, but first, let's hear from my sponsor. As you'll know, as a trader, one of the biggest issues can be coming up with enough capital to make it worthwhile. Well, the good news is my sponsor, City Traders Imperium, have solved this problem for you. Their day trading and swing trading funding programs mean you can trade between 10000 and $4 million in capital with up to 100% profit share. Yes, you get everything you make on the account. Plus, the folks at CTI have made it super stress-free, allowing you up to six months to pass the funding challenge, which means if life gets in the way, you can park things for a while and stick to your trading plan. To check them out, click the link in the description below or in the card above. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Kyle in the house from Jade Capital FX. Now, Kyle's been recommended to the show by um, my funding uh, sponsor, City Traders Imperium. Um, not for the reason that he's uh, he's um, works for them or anything like that, but they just know him. I think they've learned a bit from You've learned a bit from them as well. And you've been recommended because you've passed like, I don't know how many funding challenges and... <laughs> 
got how many withdrawals or made how, how many withdrawals but you've sent me screenshots of all these things and it's it's quite um quite phenomenal so i don't think i've seen anyone who's who's done so well with with funding challenges everywhere and been up able to pass them um you're an ict sort of student well not sort of student you've gone through his full mentorship haven't you so yeah yeah i know it's been a struggle though to get here and that's what we're going to hear about today so do you want to start off by um telling the guys a little bit about you and how you got into trading and your journey to to now yeah i mean so it's it's a really long story um i had kind of life-changing event right before i graduated from high school my mother passed away about uh, two months before i graduated uh so I had, you know, didn't really have plans for college or anything. I kind of just went away to college. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I uh, didn't know I wanted to study. I, and I went to a no- notorious party school. Uh, so I was focused on everything but school. Um, <laughs> so my grades suffered. Uh, and it was definitely odd for me because in high school, I, you know, graduated with honors. I was uh, co-captain of the soccer team. You know, I was doing pretty well, right? And then I kind of found myself that I was lost for whatever reason. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Nothing really interested me at the time. Um, So my grades suffered. I think I had like a 2.0 GPA. Um, My father noticed I wasn't doing well. I stopped going to class. uh, And then I had kind of just quit school, came back home. uh, And then I was kind of like bumming it for a couple months, I think. And then my best friend down the street actually had told me, you know, come over, check this out. Like we started trading Forex. I was like, what is that? Um, and they kind of just explained, you know, we're trading currencies between, uh, you know, different countries. And uh, this was back in, I think, 2012, right? So that, that kind of, you know, put the hook in me. Um, I got extremely interested in, you know, we kind of, we were kind of messing around, blew up his account and <laughs> probably a single trade. This was, I think, when the Fukushima power plant uh, yeah, uh, had happened, tsunami, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we blew up his account on uh, dollar yen. I don't even remember what happened with the move, but, you know, his $300 was gone, right? Uh, But, you know, we kind of got that rush from it. And I kind of saw that there was a possibility to make a lot of money in the marketplace. Um, So, you know, my father kind of gave me an ultimatum. I wasn't really, I wasn't working. I was just, I mean, I was working. I was just delivering pizza at the pizza shop, right? Um, he gave me an ultimatum. He said, either going back to school or the mother, the money that your mother left behind, like I'm keeping that. So I didn't really have an option. I love trading. Um, so I went, I went back to a local private school, um, right across the river and I started studying business and finance. Um, you know, I mean, this was back in 2012. I graduated, I think 2014. Um, and coming from a small private school, that's not known for finance, like trying to get into a trading firm it's like, it's pretty much impossible, you know, like, unless I'm in the city and networking with people, I was just kind of going to a school that was more known for nursing, right? Right. Um, and all this time I was trading, um, I, I had stumbled across uh, some of the more known threads online at the time. It was James 16 and Sonic R. I mean, thinking back, you know, 10 years ago, there's not as much information about trading as there was back then. And even back then it was all forum based. So you couldn't chat with, you weren't really chatting with anybody. There was no video. Nobody was really guiding you on the psychological aspect of trading. You know, all I had were people posting forum images online. Like, all right, if this red line crosses the green line, you're buying it. (laughs) Uh, You know, so I had gone through all those retail stages of trading, you know, system hopping, all that. Um, and then kind of fast forward until my graduation, I didn't have any outlook of a job. Um, my friend that I had known from paintball, uh, you know, I was playing competitive paintball. Um, it's weird. You know, he got me this job in construction. I didn't, I didn't want to do construction. I didn't know anything about it. Right. So I was doing, I was doing like admin work and then fast forward a couple of years past that I started um, working in, in high-end residential, right? So I started, uh, I started, I had built this skill set where I could read drawings. I'm putting these budgets together for high-end multi-million dollar homes. And this whole time I'm trading, trying to get out of that rat race. <laughs> it was, you know, my, my days got longer and longer and longer. And leading up to, to last year, um, I was stressed out. You know, I felt like I had a target on my back. Um, but one thing it did teach me was that 
when I'm working with budgets, I was seeing huge numbers on a daily basis, just in and out, in and out, right? These people were spending $10,000 on their kitchen faucet. It was amazing to me. Like, I was like, wow, I'm not even making that in a month. And these people are buying, you know, a kitchen (laughs) faucet that's worth, you know, more than my month's salary. So being in that, I feel like it helped me learn how to desensitize the money and, and just focus on trading itself. Um, so, I mean, before that, I, I had almost given up on trading because I had blown up so many accounts. Um, and then it was, it was very odd. It came full circle. The same person that actually got me into trading had ran into somebody that was local at a bar. And it's <laughs> always the way. <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing the and, say. And he had mentioned to me, he, he was like, I, I trade, you know, um, I think this guy's the real deal. You should check him out. Like, forget everything that you ever learned about retail trading. And mind you, I'm already five, six years in from me unsuccessfully trading. I had no idea what I was doing, right? Well, I was can just can I just ask, what, what actually were you doing at that point, sort of five or six years in? What, what would you call your strategy? Honestly, I didn't have one. I mean, I was jumping back and forth. Not only that, but I was going through a whole lot emotionally, right? I had just mm. lost my parent. Yeah. Um, my father is like a huge chain smoker. So he ended up, you know, being di- diagnosed with cancer as well. Um, so I had to deal with loss. I had to deal with uncertainty in my life. You know, that was, those, those were two things that, um, that really changed my perspective on life. Mm. And not only that on trading also. Right. So I think, I don't know. I just had, I just had the resilience to say, all right, I'm going to try this one last time. I'm going to give it one good shot. And it was like the first video that I had watched of his, it just everything clicked with everything clicked for me. So hang on, else had... hang on, hang on. We missed a bit there. So your friend met this guy at a bar, and said, "You got to, right. you got. He's the real deal. You got to learn from him." And then what happened yeah. after that? How did you get in contact with this guy at the bar? Honestly, I, I just messaged him. He gave me his phone number. I just uh, I reached out to him, and that's when he had told me. He said, "Forget everything that you learned and just dive into ICT." So pretty much, I you know I pretty much started from scratch almost. But the first video that I watched from ICT, he talked about the market in a way. That I didn't hear people talking about the market. You know, everybody's talking about uh, technical indicators, um, you know, fundamentals. And even now, I don't really follow fundamentals too much, even though I do follow, like, the global macro money flows. I do follow that. But as far as fundamental, like, news releases, you know, I don't really pay attention too much to the numbers or anything. You know, the market's going to go where it's going to go. Um, but he kind of laid out the market in a way that I didn't, get at the time, right? I was watching all these documentaries. I was listening to podcasts, even at work. Um, and I just saw how people used to trade back in the day, right? I saw pit traders, they didn't have a chart, right? Even, I guess, 20, 30 years ago, people were drawing the closing price on graph paper. So to me, that was very interesting how he explained how the market operated on liquidity. Um, and even then, it took me three or four years past being introduced to ICT to really understand that just because you have a strategy, that doesn't mean you're going to be profitable. There's a huge gap that you have to go from just knowing what trading is. Um, you know, there's a huge skill set that you have to build. You have to understand your platform. You have to understand the risk that you're taking. You know, a lot of platforms don't even offer a simple position size calculator. So if I want to risk, you know, 1%, 2% on a trade, I don't have any idea what, you know, if I put this lot size in, how much am I risking, really? And I think even the majority of people, they don't understand how to do that. Um, I think 90% of people don't even really know how to money um, manage their money in their bank account. So how can they manage more funds, right? They want to go from A to B without the process going from start to finish, right? So like when you first start trading, you're just learning about a couple things. You might be learning about a technical indicator or strategy, and then you have to learn about macroeconomics. Then you have to learn about risk management. You have to learn about psychology, right? These are all things that tie into a profitable trading system. Can you like sort of break down that the journey across, you know, learning the techniques from ICT to then applying them and actually starting to get to a point where you can, you can make some money out of this? Right. So, I mean, I was in his private mentorship. I'm still, I still am. When I first started, it's like, he says it's like drinking water from a fire hose. And it is. Trading is like that in general. 
You know, you, most people, if you talk to them about trading, you're losing them in the first 10 minutes. You're losing their attention in the first mm. 10 minutes, right? So to go from learning about one specific concept to possibly learn about five to 10 things, even within a single year, you know, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of repetition. It takes a lot of thought to think about, all right, why, why is the market doing this? How do I apply the tools within that market condition? Right. You can't, you can't just skip the whole process and go from inconsistent, unprofitable trader to professional. And how do you, how did you sort of overcome that from practice? I mean, what, what did that practice entail for you? <laughs> for me, it was blowing up accounts. Um, you know, I, I had seen a whole bunch of things. I was, I was around for the Eurozone crisis. I was, you know, I had bought Bitcoin when it was, I think, $3,500 and it ran up to $20,000. The first time, this was back in 2018. Um, I was around for, you know, Ripple. I had bought Ripple at 23 cents, I think. Uh, and that the, the, all those trades, right, I, you know, probably made 300, 400% on my account. And then within the next week or two, I would slowly blow them up because I was trying to chase a move that was already done. So, you know, there was all these time periods where going as a retail trader, you want to, you want to be able to just leave your job, right? You can't possibly do that. You know, making 50, 75, hundred thousand dollars living above your means and then putting the rest into a trading account, trying to turn your 500, a thousand, 5,000 into a hundred thousand overnight. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, and I do have a good story for that as well. Um, we, we talk about that, but um, just blowing up all those accounts and and experiencing all those crazy things, right? I was I was in dollar cat when oil went negative, right? People don't know that the Canadian dollar is tied with oil because that's their biggest one of their biggest exports. So I was in oil when it went negative, and then I was trying to chase that move, even though there was no room for it to go, right? The dollar cat had ripped, I think, a thousand, a thousand points. I had made four hundred percent, probably in a in a day, and then over time, I just slowly gave it back, and it happened multiple times to me. So I had to take breaks in between. Uh, it was it's funny because one of the times I had taken a break, I had blown up probably thirty or forty percent of my account. I withdrew the money, and then I bought my wife's engagement ring. <laughs> like shortly after that. I, you know, I had almost given up on trading so many times because it wasn't, it wasn't ICT. It was, it wasn't more, you know, it wasn't really his technicals that helped me. It was him, jaw, the jaw, the jawboning videos where he's just talking about your, your cycle, you know, your psychology and what you should be doing when this happens, when you're down, you know, when you're in drawdown, how to trade out a drawdown. Those are the things that you really have to pay attention to because, I'm sure you've seen, you know, even people with tons of wealth can blow it up in a short period mm. of time. Yeah. Right. It's like a staircase up, yep. elevator down. Yeah. And it's like that with trading. Right. And even if I plotted my, you know, my life's equity curve with my trading equity curve, it's very much like that. When I was going through rough periods, my trading was suffering. And if you don't protect yourself from that downside, there's no way you're going to stay, stay alive in the game. Like the market is always moving. It's always going to be moving today, tomorrow, the next day, the next year. And that's, you know, getting rid of FOMO is a huge thing. You don't have to be in a trade every single day. And, and were you journaling at this time? So the, I was very inconsistent. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a serial procrastinator. So I was journaling, but I wasn't journaling to analyze it, right? I was just going through the motions, not analyzing what I was doing. And I just kept reloading my accounts and blowing them one after another without recognizing, like, I'm never going to get rich quick. <laughs> it might happen to a couple people, but the odds are seriously against you. You know, and that, I think that's why 90, 95% of people don't make it. Or you have to be able to learn how to manage money on a small scale before you can do it on a big scale. But you're never going to get there if you can't manage the $1,000 in your account. Like and what with, happens if you have a thousand dollars and you turn it to fifty, and you're still trading the same way that you did with the thousand, right? If you're risking twenty-five, fifty percent of your account, right? The more you risk, the high, your risk of ruin actually increases with that. And a lot of people don't understand that. You have to learn how to delever to stay alive. 
and and so like with the um with this like blowing of accounts i can was it more losing streaks or was it more just over risking on that account it was it was a little bit of both it was losing streaks not knowing where the market was going right like sometimes i would have a bias and the intraday you know price action would take me out and then it, they would take it my original direction and i was over trading in between those periods right so i was so focused on the pnl if i saw my my trade going against me even just a little bit it was drawdown i would cut it at a loss you know and, and you're booking that loss like you can't get around that so i when i started you know when i really was working in construction it got me comfortable working with budgets and working with numbers and you know trading is a numbers game it's a probability game so you have to be okay with taking you know the losses with the wins you can't just say all right i'm going to i'm going to trade this way and hope for the best you know, it doesn't work like that. You have to have a plan in place. You have to follow it day in, day out. And so, so when things started to, to turn around, I mean, how did that how did that look from your point of view, possibly even working a, a day job still and, and seeing things start to, to work for you, like the consistency come in? So I guess uh, another funny story is I met another friend of mine through ICT. Um, you know, these people came into my life at a time where, you know, they're complete strangers to me. They don't know who I am. Um, but he, you know, we, we built a relationship and he definitely helped me through a lot of personal things. I wasn't, um, I wasn't focused on the right things, to be honest. Like I was so focused on trading. I was so focused on trading that I couldn't focus on the rest of my life. Like I was eating unhealthy. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't working out, you know, a whole bunch of things that were were holding me back trading wise had nothing to do with trading. Right. So I started focusing more on just letting go and just being okay with the outcome because life is so uncertain. You can't control the market once you're in a trade, right? It's almost like A to B when you're trying to go from, you know, newbie trader to professional, you don't know what's going to happen in between. And it's the same thing with a trade. Once you're in that trade, you have no idea what's going to happen. It could look perfect. And it could go run, you know, it could run right to your stop loss. So the one thing he helped me with was just submitting to the market, submitting to time itself and just letting things happen organically. Right. I was, I think when I was blowing up accounts, I was trying to force something that was just impossible at the time. You know, I was trying to project my opinions on the marketplace and when it didn't go my way, I would, you know, either double down or, uh, or just keep trying to trade in, in the direction that the market wasn't going. Hmm. Um, you know, I think staying, staying on, st- you know, having your thumb on the market and where it's actually going helped me so much. I understand, even though I don't trade equities, I don't trade crypto, just understanding where the money's going and how, you know, the central banks are changing the rates and how, how the global economy is changing around that is so important. You know, if, if you haven't been short the market all year, you know, either you're making a little bit of money or you're not making as much money as the bear side, to be honest. So staying, staying with that same bias for months at a time, it's hard to do because as a newbie trader, you see a huge spike on the intraday chart after news and you want to, you know, naturally you want to buy it. So for me, that was me for years, right? I would see a huge spike and want to chase price and then I would get stopped out. Cool. So it, it sounds like it sounds like it was a massive journey for you to try and get to this point of, like I suppose, becoming consistent. And at that point, you decided to to start taking on funding challenges. Is that right? Yeah. So I actually, um, you know, this was actually right after the pandemic happened. I was working from home a little bit. I wasn't really trading. Um, you know, I was kind of you know just watching the markets here and there. And then, you know, some promotions started popping up for some of these uh, funding challenges. I think FTMO was probably the first one that I had come across. Um, and the deal for me looked so great. You know, I could pay $1,000 and get funded with 200000 That's perfect. Like, that's almost enough for me to possibly make a living out of this. Right? So I did get funded. Um, you know, I actually went for two accounts. So I, got, I was actually funded with $400,000, probably my first couple funded accounts I've ever that I had ever, ever had. Um, and I just tried to push it so hard. I tried to push that 400,000 to its limit. 
Um, and I did push it to its limit. You know, I got a profit split of almost $60,000 on in one month. And then I blew that account probably oh, the week after. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you, the stats really don't lie. You know, I think a lot of traders fail even getting to the first profit split, even though there's no more time limits. And not only that, but understanding that once you're funded, you actually have to reduce your risk by a lot. You know, the, the amount that you're trading is not the full account. Even though you have the leverage to open 10, 15, 20 lots, it's not a smart thing to do because your drawdown limit is only 10%. So really, if you're going to risk 1%, that's 10% of your drawdown limit. So that's, you know, you can only afford to lose 10 trades in a row. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but longevity-wise, I just saw that it was a much better opportunity to just try and get funded at more firms and trade with less risk. That way I'm never at risk of blowing out my account because that $60,000 profit split that I had gotten, a lot of that money had gone to just get trying to get funded again. So, so you, so you would like, yes. Yeah, so, so once you blow that, um, and we'll go back to like how, you, how on earth you did get it to 60 and then blow, um, <laughs> you then, you, you know, you then what you spent like thousands of dollars trying to get funded at other, other firms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used I used some of those profits to roll it into into more challenges, but it took me a long time to just get funded back at that same firm. Right. And okay, the so, headaches the headaches that I had in between those periods of not being funded, it was it was brutal to me because my father had just passed away from cancer back in November, right? So I had lost my account and I was trying to get back my funded account, even though I was under pressure. Like I didn't want to be at my job because it was just grinding me down. Um, I, you know, I loved doing what I was doing, but it felt like I didn't have any purpose. I was building home for, you know, multimillionaires, billionaires. And, you know, at the end of the day, some of them were still miserable. Mm. Right. So I think those, you know, those two life events definitely put my time into perspective because, you know, my time was just flying past, even though I'm, I'm still young, like my years were just, my years and my seasons were just all blurring together. You know what I mean? So for me, it wasn't it wasn't about the money. It was about the freedom. Like, I took mm. a chance on myself because you know I, I did get funded, and I said you know even if I make two and a half percent a month, I'm still going to make almost as much as I did in my job. So so how like going back to the sixty k that you took? So how did right. you get it to sixty k? So sixty k so that's like you made like ninety k or something in terms of yeah, on, so, on four hundred thousand. Yeah, so this was back in May. I think if you check Bitcoin's price back in May, um, there was a flash crash during the Asian session. And pretty much I was levered I was levered to the tits. Like <laughs> I probably made that eight thousand dollars within two minutes. So I knew not two minutes, but probably like half an hour to two hours. And this time I was just playing video games online with my brother. <laughs> um but you know, chasing those home runs it very rarely happens. You know, I think that's the that's a huge problem with traders is that they're always trying to hit a home run. You don't you don't need to hit a home run. You can hit the occasional home run, but if you're trying to hit a home run every single day, you're going to end up risking way more and losing a lot more than you really want to. So so hang on, let me just get this straight. So you made like 80 grand on one trade on Bitcoin. Yeah, and, I think, and that was that I was, was probably short I was probably short 10 Bitcoin on 400,000, but I mean and then you, you stop. If you do the math, right? If you do the math, yeah. you're levered up, you know. Yes. Yeah. And so then you to one leverage pretty much. And then you stopped for that month until the profit yeah, split. Yeah, I stopped got for paid that out. month until the yeah. Until That's... the profit split got paid out. And, so... and then when I got funded with the live account, I blew it within two days. Uh, because oh, you right. have to so, th- so that wasn't five... so, okay, yeah. So hang on. You're risking almost five percent. Yeah. To try and make that. Yeah. Okay. So you're risking 5%. To, so had you lost that first trade, you would have had another five. You had one more trade to go. Yeah. To exactly. get To get a profit. Okay. So you were going, you were going, as they say, balls to the wall. It was just to balls to the and, wall because yeah. I was trying to leave my job. Yeah. Right. I was so unhappy. I wasn't unhappy with my job, but it was a grind. I hate, I'm not a morning person and I don't like answering to people. I'm, I'm more of a morning person now because I can do whatever I want, but. At the time, it was such a you know it was such a rat race to try and wake up, right? I was my office hours. I mean, construction is it's going nonstop. I was working in like a we were working in like a private gated community, so 
So, you know, these guys are working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. So some nights, you know, I was barely home, home, had dinner, went to bed, got up, did the same thing all over again. Not only that, I was training the London session during that, those time periods. So, you know, I was running on no sleep all through work just to try and get home, you know, to spend a, a little bit of time with my wife before going back to bed and doing it all over again. Yeah, so that would be like that, 3 a.m. You know, I'm, training, I'm training at work. You know, I'm like really distracted at work because I saw the opportunity was there. Mm. I think that's a huge thing is like you don't when you start when you first get exposed to the market, it seems like everybody's losing or just, you know, the brokers out to get the brokers aren't out to get you. They don't really care about your, you know, your 10 lot, your 10 lot stop loss or even your five lot stop loss. You don't, you know, as a retail trader, it feels like, you know, you're taking that loss personally. So you have to get back in and make it back. But, you know, that's not how the market works. You have to just you have to go with the flow of things and you can't force it. You can't expect a huge move every single day. I mean, you know, markets have been crazy recently, right? But you're probably you're probably going to see a lot of people that weren't used to a bear market in 2020 get destroyed this year mm. because they're trying to buy every single dip, right? The Nasdaq might be up one percent one day, now it's it's down three percent the next day. So, <laughs> as a retail trader, I you know when I when I used to see those huge green days, I'm like, this is the bottom of the market. I'm going in and I'm blowing accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you've got to be literally completely neutral almost every single day. Um, and I mean, it's so fluid. Anyway, um, back to your funded accounts after you got the 60K, which which is a great story. Uh, how did you get back into these other ones and get funded and then make consistent withdrawals, which were more, you know, in line with the salary, I suppose? Right, so... After I blew that account, I signed up for, you know, a whole bunch of different prop firms. I signed up for my Forex funds. You know, I'm, I'm max allocated there. Um, I signed up for the prop trading. I'm almost max allocated there. You know, they offer 600000 but I have 400000 uh, And then I'm also funded at the prop trading for 400000 So, I mean, all these accounts were only 1000 to $2,000, right? People don't realize you only have to make one trade to make that back. And not only that, but once you hit that perfect, first profit split you're getting your refund so you're not in it for anything but people can't even get to that first profit split right i don't really follow the so the funded trader has a leaderboard section on there i just know that whoever's trading like that is either a god or they're going to blow up their account it's just a matter of time right to me that's not sustainable you can't make 125 percent a month and think you're going to be able to do that month over month that's mm. just to me it doesn't make any sense and why would you need to Especially if you can, some of these fund, you know, some of these firms are offering $12 million at the Fivers if you have three accounts with them, but you have to hit that, that last level. It might take you five years to get there, but think about it. If you can make that 10% on your $20,000 account, at some point you will hit the $12 million account. It's the same, it's the same concept, right? So in my, you know, in my dashboard, I have accounts that are $400,000. And if you look at the fivers, you would you would look at the PL and be like, wow, that, that's not enough money for me to live off. But you have to think about long term, right? It's the same percentage, but it's such a you know, it's the number is way different. You know, you're looking at a, a twelve hundred dollar gain in one account and ninety thousand dollars in another over two months. Right? It's the same process. You just have to start small and then scale it up. And um, okay, so so what was your approach around risk management for the you know going back into this after having a crazy approach to risk risk management, getting lucky on a on a trade and walking away with you know half a year salary for for you know or even a full year salary for right. People. So I mean that that event alone showed me that it wasn't sustainable to try and hit those home runs all the time. I could try and do that, but there's no way I'm going to be able to leave my job trying to do that because at that point what was, what was your like average win rate at that point uh it was probably 30 percent, maybe okay so yeah, i was okay i was taking i was taking bigger losses than i should have been right so i was messing with my stop loss i was scaling into losers you know so i was blowing up that way you know so i really wasn't really looking at the win rate because right now for the month i have a 35 percent win rate and i'm you know i'm up a, you know a decent amount of money mm. So it wasn't about the win rate to me. It was more about all the other little things that I should have been doing. I should have been trading on side at some points. You know, I should have been trading a lot smaller at some points. I should have just stopped for the week at some points. 
right? You have to learn that over time. A lot of time, a lot of my time spent over the years was me trying to force trades on a Monday or on a Friday when the market really wasn't moving. Like I was trading on Thanksgiving. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like and if you want to, if these things you need to make these mistakes sometimes. If you want to be able, if you want to hunt the sheep, you have to operate when they're awake. You can't be operating when there's, you know, the herd is not around and it's just asleep somewhere. Right. So if you want to ride the coattails of smart money, you have to be operating within specific time frames. You know, you shouldn't be trading Asia when you're trying to trade the euro. Right. Europe is closed and U.S. is closed. So why am I trading during Asia? Yeah, it's probability, probability, right? The probability of success is going yeah. to be, oh, a bigger mm-hmm. move is going to be much, much lower. You might get them. Yeah, they might happen now and again, but the probabilities just aren't there. Right, and that was the thing is like with the market, it lures you in. Yeah. Right, so sometimes there'll be a huge move in Asia, but that's not high probability, right? Over time, you're going to end up taking losses if you try and trade that way. Mm. Now, so what? So let's go back to your risk management. What was your risk management for these future funding challenges that you took? Right. So obviously during the first phase, you have to risk a little bit more. You have to risk one to 2% because if you're not risking that much, even 10 R over a period of 30 days is, it's a little bit difficult to do, hmm. right? So you're risking 1% to make 10, you're risking 1% to make, you know, it depends on what your risk reward ratio is. But if you're risking one, you have to make 10 R of that. So hmm. if you're making one to two every day, it's going to take you, you know, five days to do it. But, you know, every day is not a trade. You're not going to be able to find a trade every single day. You're going to have losses in between that. So a lot of people, I feel like, go out of the gate way too hot. They try and get funded right away, right? Don't use, don't use your high-risk trade unless you're down from the initial balance and you have five days left, right? That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. If you have 20 days left, don't. You don't need to risk a whole lot to hit that 10%. You could keep risking 1% here and there, you know, and try not to overtrade. I see a lot of, I mean, I do a lot of research, right? I look into other people's funded accounts. If you look at their trade history, it's kind of crazy to me. So I think a lot about cumulative risk too. How many trades am I opening at 1% per position, right? If I open 50 trades in a day, I'm taking 50% risk in a (laughs) day. Yeah. Right, cumulatively, because you don't know what's going to happen. You could get stopped out every which way, you know? So having a limit on how much you're trading, right? Get through that first phase and then scale back, maybe half a percent, quarter percent on phase two. And then once you're funded, you really have, once you're funded, it's more about capital preservation than it is about making money, right? Because there's no time limit now. For me, I'm funded with almost $3 million now. And... I don't have any time limit. There's no time constraints for me. Hmm. So I don't have to trade tomorrow. I don't have to trade the next day. I don't have to trade the next week. Right. And then the next trade for me is the most important because I could blow all of those accounts up in one bad trade. And that's where a lot of people mess up is they get a little bit, you know, cocky. They get a little too egotistical. They think they have the market figured out. And then that next trade just blows them out. And how do you manage uh, all these funded accounts? Sorry, how, if you had to count them, how many have, have you got? And then how do you manage, like, I'm guessing you're saying that you're say, taking the same trades on all the different accounts. How do you manage that? Like, Yeah, so I, I just use a trade copier. Some of the firms don't allow it, but most of them do. Um, and you could set your risk multi- multipliers on that also. Because um, trying to trade, I'm trading almost 13, I think, funded accounts. Right. Um, that's between, you know, five five different firms. So I'm just, you know, all my, all my um, trades are based off of uh, a one multiplier. So I'm only, I'm only risking a quarter percent really on any, any given trade. And then it just copies it based on the account balance. And so what on a $3 million funded account or group of accounts, what would be a typical monthly take home? Um, I mean, I guess it's, it's hard to project because each month I've gotten funded with more capital. Right. right, so Q1, I might have made 62000 right? Q2, it's a little bit higher than that. <laughs> right. Okay. So for my, my, goal, my goal going full-time, though, this year wasn't for me to make a ton of money, right? I had, I had lived below my means long enough to save up enough money to be okay with 
not having a job for six months to 12, you know, six to 12 months. And a lot of people can't even get to that point, right? They're buying things that they don't need or they're living in a house that's too big for them. Whatever the case is, you have to learn how to manage your money properly before you can become a profitable trader because that's all it is, money management. If you go out and buy the, you know, if you go out and buy the biggest house or the big, mm. biggest car, you're over leveraging your lifestyle. Yeah. And you're never going to be able to save up enough to feel comfortable not having to trade every day. Mm. Now, now you, you mentioned you got a wife. I mean, does she work and does, has she been having to support you during this journey? Like, is there a pressure on she, her? Yeah, she, she, she supports me emotionally for sure. You know, I think a couple of times, you know, I had told her like, Hey, I blew up, blew up my account again, you know, 30%, 40% in a week blew it up. You know, she's always been telling me to just keep sticking with it. Keep sticking with it. And it's taken, you know, it's taken a long time to get to the point where I know exactly what I should be doing in the marketplace every day because I've had all those previous experiences in the market to know like what I should be doing or how to manage my risk more effectively based on what's going on around me. Now, if you had to sort of sum it up in like a I don't know, a minute or two around somebody like looking into these funded accounts and looking into getting funded and then managing the funding once they've, you know, passed the challenge, assuming that they get to that point. What's your sort of overall recommendation with all the learnings you've got? And it sounds like you've got a ton of them. So for me personally, I just wouldn't worry so much about trying to make money. You have to focus on learning how to trade properly first. And then once you can prove it to yourself that you can do it on a small account, don't just take the profits and, you know, buy stupid things with it, right? You should be taking that and reinvesting it in yourself. Not only that, but you should be trying to build up your own personal account to eventually be self-sustainable where you don't have to rely on some of these prop firms because some of these prop firms are going under. And that was another part of my diversifying my risk was that I don't want to just be funded at one firm. What, what happens if that firm goes under? Now I can't trade for a living anymore, mm. right? So regardless of, I don't think any of these firms are going to go away anytime soon. I just think the industry is going to get a little bit bigger from here. But I guess my advice would just to be stick to your plan. You have to stick to your plan. And you have to stick to the long-term outlook, right? You have to think four, five years down the line. Do you want to be managing the $1,000 that you used to have the same way? Because that's where I was, right? Five years down the line, I didn't have anything to show for it. So, you know, a, a long-term goal is to be able to get to those, you know, hit those milestones that you want to hit in a smart way. You can't just go from milestone A to milestone Z and risk it all in between to try and get there faster. All right? It's not going to happen. It's, you know, it's a hard okay. thing to do. Now, if you had to sort of break, yeah, let's go into some of the stats around your trading. If you had to break it down into like a typical week, how many trades are you taking, uh, winning win percent, risk to reward ratio on average, what are those right. things look like? So I usually try and take three, four trades a week. So that really, that's, you know, I'm not really trading on Fridays. I'm not really trading on Mondays. It's mostly Tuesday, Wednesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And if the price action is really good, if I take a loss in the, you know, if I take a loss early in the session, I don't mind taking another trade, right? But my loss limit for the week is, you know, three losses in a row and I'm done. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes I'll have three winners, right? But overall, I think my win rate is about 60%, which is, you know, pretty good in my opinion. And obviously, as a trader, you're always trying to get better, right? You're never trying to just hit a plateau and just say that's it. Right. I think mama mentality taught us a lot where, you know, champions don't have any balance in their lives because they're always trying to get better. They're not focused on how much money they're making. They're not focused on any of the outside influences. Right. When Tiger steps up to the tee, he's focused on golf. He's not focused on, yeah. oh, this tee shot, I'm making $2,000. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the stat <laughs> yeah. pages, but it's ridiculous. Like Tiger's not focused on that. He's focused on playing golf. And trading is the same way. You have to understand how to trade first before you make money. Once you know how to trade, you can scale it infinitely. I think infinitely because I'm in the Forex market and it's the most liquid market on the planet. A lot of people think it's a scam. <laughs> and you would just look at them in a, in a funny way because, well, if it's a scam, you shouldn't be using the U.S. dollar anymore. You shouldn't <laughs> exactly. be using the euro anymore. <laughs> so you really have to look 
long-term, where do you want to be in five years? Because if you don't change those bad habits now, three, four, five years from now, you're going to regret it. You're going to spend a lot of time thinking about, oh, I should have been doing this or I should have been managing my money better. And the time's just going to go by so fast, right? You only, you only have one life, right? Your trading account is one life. If it's blown up, it's blown up. And, you know, losses compound just as fast, right? If you lose 50% of your account, now, now you have to make back 100%. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's like, you don't, you don't ever want to draw down 5% if you're only allowed, you know, 10% drawdown. You don't want to do it. Either that or you just have to be okay with just taking your time and building it back to the initial balance before you go full size again. What what would you say your risk to reward is on average? Uh, it's about two to one, three to one. And and what instruments do you trade? I mostly trade the euro and the pound. Um I trade a little bit of indices, but uh some of the some of the forex firms are they don't offer indices. So when I'm you know, when I'm trying to use my trade copier, I'm trying to trade forex. That way it's copied across all of them. Um, one of my accounts at the funded trader, I'm just trading as like my high risk account, but obviously I have to be on top of my game in order to do that because I'm risking 1% on that account, but you have to have a regressive risk system. Let's say if you have one or two losses in a row, you can't be trading 1% or 2% again. A lot of people try and size up and make that back, but once you're funded, what is the pressure for you to try and make money? That's what I mean by you have to have everything around you in place financially so you can trade without pressure. Mm, that's a big part of it. Now, what what about like time frames? What's your favorite entry time frame? Uh, I like the 15 minute um, and I use the daily a lot for my bias. Uh, so, I mean, if you can learn technical analysis, you could take away the symbol, you could take away the time frame. All the time frames look the same, but a lot of a lot of newer traders try and start out at the lower time frame. What they don't realize is it's like performing performing surgery, right? You're trying to jump down to a lower time frame, and it's basically like you need a PhD. You have to have your decision making has to be by the second or by the minute, mm. rather than on the daily chart where you have time to think about your position, right? Yeah. And yeah. Not only that, but if you're over trading on the on the lower time frame, you're just over trading. You're not learning from that experience. You're just overtrading based on emotion, right? I was doing that for a long time. You know, the market spikes, I'm buying it. Market <laughs> drops, I'm selling it. Now, now, what about um, uh, like sort of your typical trading day? I mean, how does that how's that structured? Uh, so it depends. So we just started the CrossFit gym. Uh, so really, I've kind of been waking up at like 5 a.m. Get to my charts around the New York session for like 6, 7 a.m. Uh, and then I'm trading until about 11. I'm usually done. Right. And then I, you know, I kind of just spend the rest of my day doing whatever. Um, right now, you know, I have some, another business that I'm in talks with Rodrigo about. Um, but, you know, obviously the whole point of trading was just my freedom. So really I'm just spending a lot of more time working out, spending time with my wife, just spending time around the house, you know, doing things that I like doing. Cool. Um, and not so much on trading because when I was obsessed with trading, my performance was worse. Right. Right. Like you can't, you can't just stare at the screens all day long. Yeah. Like the trades aren't just going to appear out of nowhere just because you want them to. Yeah. Now, now what about like the um, entering a trade? I mean, were you entering a market or setting orders to be triggered? Uh, I like trade. I like trading. I like trading market orders. Um, I have, I'm not really a fan of limit orders. I just like being at the screen and like, I like pressing the button. Um, okay. You know, I'm not really, I, I just, I just follow the market structure really. And sorry, just back on that. So for guys that don't know who Rodrigo is, been a past guest of the show, Rodrigo Torres, go and check him out. Um, also, he's uh, one of the guys over there at City Traders Imperium funded uh, funding um, program. So he, that's he's and he's doing a live stream here on the channel as well, should I say, <laughs> every week. So if you guys want to find out more about him, that's um, where you need to go. Now, what about in the beginning, what do you think gave you an edge over other people that aren't able to get funded or haven't made. Oh man, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say in the beginning because it took me a long time just to get to the point where I am. But I think the biggest shift for me was just to let go of the outcome of the trade. Um, you know, I I, had, I did have a call with Rodrigo and he helped me a lot last year. You know, he he knew about my father and my personal situation, and when he when he had mentioned to me was to focus just on the interim concept. 
was that you're, you're, you have an A game, a B game, and a C game. And you have to focus on the C game first. If you focus on the C game, naturally your A game becomes better. Uh. Right? So I was terrible at managing risk. That was the first step is to stop trying to hit home runs. Mm. If you can't, if you can't, you know, resist from putting that 50 lot on when you only have a hundred thousand dollar account, like you're never going to be able to make, you're never going to be able to make it and manage a bigger account. Right. And I guess part of that was I never learned how to manage a small account. Right. Cause for me, it just didn't make sense. I was trying to turn my thousand dollars into something that would allow me to leave my job. So a huge shout out to all these prop firms because I feel like they're changing a lot of people's lives they're offering capital to people that, you know, didn't have capital. And not only that, you know, it helped my trading personally. I couldn't keep going out and blowing my accounts, right? With a personal account, there's no drawdown limit. You can't just say, I'm going to lose 10% and be done. Mm. You know, you could go down 10% and then you're like, I need to make that back. So I'm risking 10% on the next one. Like it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't translate one-to-one. But what does translate one-to-one is learning how to manage a small account and then scale it up because it's the same parameters on every single level. You know, if you're trading a $20,000 account at CTI and you're trading a million dollar account at CTI, it's the same risk parameters. You can't go outside that. It's just the, the, the numbers change, right? The dollar amounts change. And now you're actually making a living off of it. Now, what about if you had to give somebody a step-by-step process to get to the point where you are from woe to go uh, and probably, you know, not cutting corners, but in the most efficient way possible, what would that process be? I would say, you know, going back to the inchworm concept is just focus on one aspect that is holding you back, right? It could be risk management. It could be psychology. For me, it was definitely psychology because that had an impact on my risk management. Well, you know, the psychology had a, you know, impact on my risk management. So until I actually focus on psychology, my risk management was never going to change. I knew risk management. I knew I should only risk this much. But because I was trying to get out of that rat race, you know, my emotions were causing me to do something else. So you have to recognize, and that's like a self-awareness thing. I think what the market has taught me more than anything was to learn more about myself mm. rather than the market, right? Because it's a game, you're playing a game against yourself. So you have to find whatever your weakest at and work on that. And a lot of people just aren't okay with that. They're not okay with being weak in an area. And when you first start trading, you're weak at everything. You don't know anything. You know, people don't really understand how the weekly range forms or what the Asian range is. You know, there's a lot of different aspects to trading that you have to pick up and you have to focus on them one at a time. You can't just say, I'm going to focus on risk management today and psychology tomorrow because you're not going to master it. And what about the guys that have like, I suppose, are still strategy hopping? How do they, how do, how do you, what would you say to them? Because I think that's a big one for people to get over is like, how do you get across that line of stopping strategy hopping, being happy with the strategy you've got, and then knowing that right. you've got an edge that's worthwhile, then sorting out your risk and sorting out your psychology? Right, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're all trading the same price. It doesn't matter what technical indicators you have on your end. When I'm looking at the euro... You know, you're trading the same price that I am. So you have to focus on, does the system match my personality, right? It doesn't have to be ICT. ICT was just the one that uh, formed everything together for me. And it just clicked the most for me. But I mean, it'll click for a lot of people because he explains the market in a way that other people don't really explain it. You know, he explains order flow. He explains how the market books, but I think if they're having trouble system hopping, you just have to trust in something. For me, I didn't trust anything because it was four, five, six years that I was trying all these systems, trying all these systems, and they were failing on me, right? I was trying the pin bars. I was trying whatever it is, TDI. I can name almost every indicator on the internet to you because I had downloaded almost all of them, (laughs) right? And not only that, but nowadays you have so much access to information. 10 years ago, it wasn't like this, right? There wasn't people on YouTube explaining their thought process, you know, minute by minute. Live live streaming might change that. I don't know. Um, But really, you have to trust whoever it is you're you're learning from. And if you don't know that they're making money in the market consistently, 
I think you have to find that on your own because once you stick around long enough, you know what works and you know what doesn't. Mm. And for me, it really wasn't about the technicals. It was about the psychology. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Right. So thinking about a price chart, what three things would you re- recommend somebody spends time mastering? Um, I would just say order flow. You have to understand which direction the market is going long term. Right. When I was, you know, when I was struggling, a lot of intraday price moves were throwing me off. Like I would see a huge rally and the next day it'd be down. So you have to focus on the market's only going one direction, right? They're, they're only generating interest in the other direction because they want more people to buy into it before they slam it against them. So when you're looking at a chart, you have to understand what's going on in the world. First of all, right? We, we know there's all these economic pressures going on between Russia, Ukraine, China. There's so many things going on. You have to stay in tune with all of that and then build a technical picture behind that. Right. It was almost like my career. Like I understood, like I understood how to, how to read drawings and put together a budget, but you have to understand the, the macro aspect of it as well. I had to understand material prices. There's all these different skill sets and, and things that you have to stay, you know, you have to stay on top of when lumber was shooting through the roof. I had to use that knowledge to negotiate with my subcontractors. Right. So you have to understand what's going on around in, in the world and why the chart is going that certain direction. Because this year is literally, you know, 80% of my trades have been short Euro, and I haven't deviated from that. Now, what about, uh, you've constantly talked about mindset throughout the interview, right? But if you had to give somebody something that you've learned over the years to get your mindset on point, especially in the moment of getting to the charts, have you got any temp tips or hints or hacks that you can drop on the show? Um, I guess the one thing is to just submit. You have to submit to life in general, right? You, you're not in control of anything but yourself. You know, if I could have controlled things differently in my life, I would have. But, you know, trading doesn't work that way and life doesn't work that way. So when you place that trade, just submit to whatever is going to happen, you know, and and be okay with that and understand that the numbers behind what you're doing make sense, right? You can be okay taking seven losses in a row and making, you know, having three good trades and making that all back. Right. So you have to think about long-term, think about the numbers, treat it as a business. A lot of people treat it as a hobby. They want to, you know, they want to get rich quick. If they treat it like, they treat it like the lottery, right? They deposit five, $10,000 and put it all on black. You know, I was doing that for a long time and you have to, you have to take things slow. You have to make good financial decisions. That's really what trading is, right? You have to take good financial decisions. Is this going to pay me or not? Now, not, of, not couple... my, you know, whatever my opinion was, was of the market. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not going to move it. You're not going to sway it. Right. Now, a couple of quick fire questions here before we wrap up. Like what's the, um, what's what strategies do you use to manage trades or exit trades so really i like um i like scaling out a little bit around around like end of day so around around lunchtime when when things get slow if i'm in a profitable position i'm either scaling something off and tightening my stop and and or i'm or i'm taking the whole position off and then i'll come back the next day I don't like having overnight risk. I don't sleep well at night. Like I'm already thinking about trading nonstop. Like my wife has said, I, you know, I, I speak in my sleep. I was yelling Bitcoin. <laughs> so like you really have to be, you, have, you really have to become obsessed with markets. Not only that, but obsessed with getting better. And, um, you know, I just, you have to, you have to focus on the right things. You have to stick to the process. You can't deviate from it because it doesn't matter how many years you're profitable in the market. You could have one bad week that just destroys all, all of that. You know, all that hard work you put in, right? Staircase up, elevator down. You, know, you have to be on top of your game all the time. Now, do you have a recommended, uh, a recommended trading book or a resource? Um, for me personally, I loved Market Wizards. Market Wizards for me was amazing because you got all the perspectives of professional traders in different markets. Right. Um, not only that, they were trading different instruments, but 
a lot of what they had to talk about was the same. A lot of their psychology, how they thought about the markets was the same, even though they were trading different strategies, different markets. Um, so that is one of my top books. And then as far as a podcast, Chat with Traders for me is great. And also I got I to gotta give a huge thumbs up to you and your channel. You know, all these trading podcasts are amazing. I think, you know, like we were just talking about, you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't this much information on the internet. Like you couldn't even find these stories about profitable traders online. No. This um, is like a, this is like a like a modern day market wizards to to a certain right. degree, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, it's interesting because Rod told me, you know, he said we're the next generation of smart money, and I really believe that. Like a lot of those old people were, you know, and I wouldn't say old people, but the people that were trading that had to be on the floor, they saw a whole different marketplace. Right, mm. but the emotions were still the same. You saw people blowing up their accounts and walking home or taking the bus home because they, you know, they had to sell their car or whatever the case is. Um, you know, it's a real thing. You have to always manage your downside risk because you could blow up, you could blow your account up at any point. Yeah. So you always have to manage yourself. You always have to manage your mindset, and you have, always have to think about long term. What do I want to be in five, ten years from now? Like for me personally, I want to be managing ten to fifteen million dollars of my own book. And I'm not going to manage it any different because in my career, you know, doing a project that was $5 million, it was the same thing for a $20 million home. It was just nicer finishes, but the process was still the same throughout. Mm. Now, um, we're getting close to the end of the show here now. I don't even know if you've got a preferred broker and trading platform, but if you have, let me, let us know. Cause... Um, yeah, so I mean, all these, all these prop firms have their own brokerages. Um, I like using MT4, but what I did as like a hack was I created a master account at Oanda because they're one of the brokers that allow me to trade off of TradingView. So what I do is I actually remove my PNL from TradingView. So when I have my open position, it just tells me how many pips I'm up or down. And the dollar doesn't, you know, the dollar amount doesn't have any impact on my, you know, emotional decision making. Yeah. It's funny because I, I, I actually built a t tool for MT4 that I use. And in the various iterations, I've had like, oh, what I'll do is I'll put some, I'll put um, money in here and I'll show you what the deposit. And then I was like, what am I doing? Get rid of the money. Get rid of the money. Yeah, now, yeah. all I get is like, it, it goes green when there's, it tells me how many R I'm up. So like if I'm yeah, up yeah. three R, we'll say three R. But if it's down, it's down. There's nothing on the screen to show that it's down. Exactly, exactly. And then last trade, a, I've got no idea. That for me, that for me was a huge hack because when I saw my trade copier dashboard, when I saw I'm making 075 percent on, you know, a million dollar account, right? That's seventy five hundred dollars. On my smaller account, it's like one hundred twenty five dollars. So just seeing that real time, like seeing that percentage gain, mm. I just know I can scale that up profitably it doesn't yeah. you know i'm not trying to take five thousand dollars to a million dollars tomorrow right i'm trying to just aim for that specific percentage a month and then just trade with more capital hey folks ever wonder what broker i use well i use hanko trade it was a no-brainer because i was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage now by joining hanko trade i've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just one dollar per 100k you can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link i've put in the description righty hope we last question of the show um if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice what would it be uh, I would just say don't give up. Don't give up. Definitely. Um, you know you're going to get slapped around a lot in the market. Uh, every every time you get slapped around, you have to use it as a learning lesson because either you quit or you keep going. Right. For me, the, the the light at the end of the tunnel was that I could make as much money as I wanted on my own timeline, and that's what drove me for years. Like a lot of people don't have that drive, or even don't believe you if you tell them, "Hey, you could make." hundred thousand dollars a million dollars a month eventually right a lot of people it doesn't it doesn't register with them so you know i think if if you don't know anybody i mean i don't i don't know anybody personally that's doing it full time because right it's so you know it's few and far between like nobody really talks about the market in person um but i think just being exposed to people that are making that much money and twitter for me is an amazing space because there's some amazing traders on there that you see their P and L swinging up and down six figures every single day. 
and it doesn't even bother them, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you have to focus on the long term. If you eventually want to make that money, you have to focus on the right process and not worrying so much about the money. It'll eventually come to you, right? I had one big trade that paid for five years of losses. But if I wasn't around for that one Bitcoin short, you know, I could have quit and been still working my day job. Mm. Awesome. Well, look, um, fantastic interview here, uh, Kyle. Before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Yeah, they can reach me on Twitter at JadeCapFX or um, Instagram at JadeCap.KN. Cool. Well, look, guys, a big thank you to Kyle for sharing with us today. Everything discussed here, along with all those links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Kyle in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, there you have it, folks. Interview done and dusted with Kyle. Now, look, he did shoot a video after the show, so go and check that out on his show notes page. He breaks down how he stays funded by picking directional bias using ICT-style concepts, so you're going to get learn those. Uh, also, we've got the Trading Up Funded Cup registration ends this week. Competition starts next week. You can win a $100,000 uh, funded account with City Traders Imperium for taking out that. There are other funded accounts up for grabs as well. Uh, also, Algo Funder Mastermind Bot, the Obsession Bot that we created last month, is available, but you've got to join the Robot Builders Club this month of July 2022 to get access to it. So that's still a chance to get access to that. And last but not least, the new pre-market analysis on Sundays. If you want to get that smart money view of the market going ahead in the week, then please make sure you subscribe to the Trading Nut YouTube channel. Click on that notifications bell and click all so to see when these videos drop. All right, folks, thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next one.